to you about today is this, this idea of graduation. Um, I know the timing is kind of odd. Um, school just started, and I would actually like to see this. Parents, you need to represent too. Who started school last week? All right, parents, like if you have kids that started school. Seriously, like none of you have kids. Wow, you guys are... Okay. Um, next week? Anyone? All right. It, who knows what school is? All right, okay, so at least we got a touch point there. But I want to uh, talk about graduation because the reality is even though school's just starting, some of you already have eighth grade-itis or senior-itis, high school or college. Some of you teachers here are already counting down the days to graduation. And for some of you here, there is kind of that just impending, it can't come soon enough. And there might be some others of you here who are in what I would call graduation aftermath. You've graduated and you're like, now what do I do? You know what I mean? And so I want to talk to you about that. And uh, what I want to do is, is I want to show you a picture here today, um, just a, a typical graduation Scene and, and just like let's go through the family here. And I just kind of want to like analyze this picture for a while and, and try to kind of root out of it why are these people so happy? Because of course, graduation's a good thing, right? And uh, we, we like to graduate, we're happy when we graduate. But I'm going to submit to you that the reason they're so happy might not be why we think. So let's start with this guy who I hope is her dad and not her husband. Um, assuming it's dad. Why is he so happy? Is it because his little girl has grown to be this amazing woman? Is it because he's so proud of what she's accomplished and, and what she's achieved? Dads, you know this isn't the case. Because he doesn't have to pay tuition anymore, right? That is why I think dad is so happy. Now, let's go to this guy over here beaming at big sister looking at big sister is he so proud of his sister and so happy for what she's become and accomplished and achieved he's happy because he saw that dad paid her tuition so he knows that dad will pay his tuition as well right all right now what about this guy this guy who's looking on, why is he so happy? Well, that's an easy one. He's happy because he's looking at her and she's hot. <laughs> she's hot and he likes her. And he's thinking, I'm a player. Yeah. You know what I mean? Let's hone in on her. Here's this woman. She has her college diploma in hand. Is she bursting at the seams with joy of learning? Do you think her joy in this moment is, is over the erudite scholar that she's become, the opportunity that she's been given, and, and the experience she's had to just, just drink from the marrow of the knowledge of life? I'm going to submit to you, probably not. For those of us who have been in that similar place, I'm going to submit to you that the reason she's so happy 
is because she's done. I'm done. To quote Jesus, it is finished. You know what I mean? I'm done. It's finished. I don't have to do this anymore. I don't have to go to class. I don't have to worry about homework. I don't have to go through the routine. I don't have to be treated in a certain kind of way. I made it. It is complete. Been there. Done that. It is finished. Isn't this why so many of us are so happy when we finally graduate? There is a mentality. I've made it. You with me on that? You with me on that? Now, I don't know this family. I don't know this family. I don't know what what each of them are thinking. But does it seem like that big of a stretch to accept what I'm submitting as the scenario for this picture at which you're looking? I've been thinking about this, 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 this metaphor of graduation as it pertains to Christianity. And I've been teasing this out and playing this out and kind of just, I'm still in the process of working this out, but, but I want to relate it to some things that I've seen in church world and in Christianity. Because what I want to submit to you today is that the same mentality that a lot of people approach with school and graduation so they find themselves approaching church and Christianity. Let me explain what I mean. Now, there's some of you here today who either now or at a certain time in your life, when you started this thing, you know what I mean? You, 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 you came to a church that you resonated with for the first time. You came to this church here, and, and obviously it resonated with you, otherwise you wouldn't be here right now, but you came for the first time, and there was a a certain sense of, like, wonder and excitement. Maybe it transcends deeper than church. Maybe it goes to the Christian faith, to God, to a relationship with Jesus, that, that, that you came from a place of not really knowing what this Christianity thing was about. Not really understanding what, what people did at church and came to realize this, 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 this idea, this, this belief, this, this reality of a living God who loves you and wants a relationship with you and all the stuff that you believed in the past and all the things that had led you on paths of misconception started to, to crumble and demolish and for the first time you were really tasting him. You know what I mean? You know what I mean in this? Have you had that moment sometime in your life Maybe you're there today, or maybe this was something that took place back there at your beginning. But at that point, it was a time that was filled with enthusiasm, excitement, curiosity, a certain wonder and awe and hunger and thirst. And, and you couldn't wait to be a part of it. You couldn't wait to get more. You were like a freshman in the church or in the Christian faith with all kinds of opportunities and horizons opening to you for the first time that were never available before and like a freshman at college going in and and let's assume liking it, just grabbing hold and searching out everything. But 
Then sophomore year rolled around. And it was still good, you know? It was still good because now you got some footing. Now you're established. Now you know how the system works, but there's still so much more room to grow, so many more avenues to explore. But then junior year rolls around and your metaphorical senior year of church starts to hit. And you're noticing you've got the senioritis. You're kind of waiting for something different. Looking forward to something beyond. Truth be told, you're kind of bored. You've become stale because you know the stories. You know the teachings. You know the routines. You know the calendar. You know the way that the machine kind of works. You know what to expect. The punchlines don't hold surprise anymore. And you find yourself in this place like so many seniors, just kind of going, I feel like I'm done. I feel like I've graduated from this thing called church or Christianity. But like so many seniors who then graduate, you might find yourself in a place of going, well, now what? What do I do? Well, I mean, what, what, what's the next adventure? I'm out of this program. What is the next thing for me? And you find yourself in this place of strange, listless boredom without strong sense of direction of what your next step might be. Now, for some of you who are still new and fresh to this, I might not be speaking to you in this moment, but for the rest of you here who have found yourself in that place, bored with church, bored with Christianity, it's to you that I really want to speak today. And I want to speak to you today in the way that I think that place you find yourself in analogizes to graduation in so many other kinds of ways. You know, as I've been thinking about this, more and more points of connection have been coming to the surface for me. And I just want to share three with you today. Three with you who feel like you're in place. Feeling like you graduated from church or from Christianity. And the first is this. It's to remember the goal. It's to remember that the goal of learning is so you can do. See, I've met a lot of people who go to college who think the goal of going to college is going to college. That the goal of going to college is to have the college experience. 
You know what I mean? These, these four great years that are idolized in movies and on TV, as though this is meant to be this, this capstone of life that is an end in itself. And you can always tell the people who have made college into that kind of thing because they are the seniors who never go away. You know what I mean? Do you guys have this? Those of you who went away to school where there was always that like weird fifth year or sixth year or seventh year senior or person who graduated, but they just never really went away. I remember my freshman year at... uh, at Valparaiso, where I did my undergrad. Go VU, right? Um, and uh, remember this fraternity that I was a part of. And there was this guy who was there who was like so old. He was 24. <laughs> he was a seventh-year senior. This guy had more accumulated credits than I think the school even cared. I think they just started counting at some point. Dude, you just got enough. He just didn't want to go away. Because college had become the end-all, be-all safety net for him. It became the end rather than the means. And he would just keep heaping up Bachelor degree upon bachelor degree. Keep heaping up class upon class. And it was so weird. He would just like hang around. All his friends were gone. He he was still like scamming on like 18-year-old freshmen. It was so weird. And he always just kind of hung around there like a stray dog who wouldn't go away. He's an example to me of someone who forgot that the goal was to go and do. I remember my senior year at York High School, go Dukes. The seniors would end about a week and a half before the rest of the students got out. And it became somewhat, I would say, traditional for a lot of the seniors to kind of like skulk the place after they didn't have to be there anymore. Seniors who really weren't ready to say final goodbyes and didn't want to go away. Now, in high school, I was never really a sports guy. I found my niche in high school in music through, through, through connections with the people who were involved in the bands and the orchestras and all those kinds of things. And, and we created kind of had this, 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 this subculture, this community, and, and with the teachers who were there and the students. And I remember being the day after I didn't have to be there anymore. And I was there, and a lot of my other senior friends were there, and people were happy to see us. And it was great, because we could show up, we could do what we wanted, we kind of were treated with this cool, special status, and could have the best of both worlds, and and our own way. But I remember day three. I remember it vividly, when I was still kind of like skulking the place. This one junior that I was buddies with, going... What are you still doing here? You're done. It's like Ferris Bueller, you know? It's over. Go home. Because it's so easy to forget that the goal of it all is not just the learning. It's the learning so you can go and do. Christians, there are some of you here 
who have been learning and learning and learning. But you're not going to do. Here's a couple of ways that I think you can test yourselves on this to see if you're in this place. A couple of litmus tests that I've come to rely on that kind of give me a red flag when someone happens to be there. One is this Are you bored? in your faith? Are you bored in your faith? You know what's boring? Someone my age going back and sitting in eighth grade. Can you imagine that? You know it. There's nothing more they're going to teach you. You're out of place. There's some of you who have been coming to this place consuming and eating and learning. These are good things. But now you know it. You know the stories. You know the teachings. You know the punchlines. You know the activities. You know what I'm going to kind of say. And you find yourself in this place where you're bored with your faith. May I submit to you that if you're bored and your faith It's because you're focusing too much on the learning and not much on the doing. Here's the litmus test for me. It's when people come and they tell me about their faith or about their their, their time here at Fellowship of Faith or another church, and they say things like this, I come to be fed. And I look, and I'm like, man, you've been a Christian for like 15 years. At what point do you get out of the high chair, take off the bib, and start feeding someone else. It is good to eat. It's nice, I guess, to be fed, but really? How are you serving? How are you discipling? How are you feeding others? Because I'll tell you, the only place to find the inspiration, the excitement, and the joy in what God is looking to do in you is when you stop focusing so much on learning and eating. And remember that the goal has always been to go and do. Otherwise, you end up like the equivalent, the Christian equivalent of the 25-year-old who has graduated for three years, still living in mom's basement, sleeping till noon, eating cereal in your sweatpants, and playing video games all day. No, I've got to tell you, as I say this out loud, that actually sounds like a pretty good life. But for those of us who have been there, come on, you know what I mean. You're bored and you're directionless without any clue what's next. Christians, it's time. It's time to go and do. Here's another thing that I've seen that happens with people in this, 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 this graduation mentality of Christianity. It's almost an opposite side of the spectrum from what I just shared. And it kind of goes something like this. It's those folks 
who think that when they graduate, they have in fact also graduated from learning and growing. I've got a friend who's a pastor out in uh, Union, just west of here at St. John's, and uh, he was an engineer, not a choo-choo engineer, but a, you know, a mechanical um, engineer in his former life. He was talking about college one day, and what he kind of shared with me is when he got his first job right out of college, his boss kind of sat down with him and told him, look, you know, I know you came out of school, I know you got a, a, a prestigious degree, but you don't really know anything yet. We're going to teach you in the first six months here what you need to do and what you need to know in order to do this job effectively. It's not that college didn't matter. It showed that he was teachable. It showed that he was adaptable. It showed that he was reliable. It gave him certain skills, but those skills did not yet birth into reality. It's fascinating to me that when you look at how the Bible talks about this thing called wisdom, it's often far different than what most people think it might be. See, I think we think about things like wisdom, of knowledge, and for us, it's very theoretical. Deeply embedded within the Hebrew scriptures are even what they call wisdom literature, often filled with aphorisms and proverbs and sayings and insights into life and into reality. But far more often, the way that wisdom is used in the pages of the Bible is to describe people who have taken a skill and developed it into a place of mastery. Master stonecutters in the Bible are called people with wisdom. The same for carpenters and silversmiths and goldsmiths as well, because their knowledge is no longer just up here. Through the trials of life and experience and interaction with other people and reality, ideas up here were honed and crafted into what they could develop in reality. Out here, the Bible calls this wisdom. And far too many of us, I think, have found ourselves in this place of going, I know it. I know it. So that's it for me. I know the stories. I know the doctrines. I know the teachings. Been there, done that. I have graduated Christianity. When all the while God is sitting there saying, there is so much more for you to learn and to do. There is so much more in the way I want you to grow. There is so much more for those who cease to think of knowledge alone as what brings them to the point of graduation with God and Christianity. And one more thing I just want to throw on the table. Um, 
Relationships are something you don't really graduate from. You know, like, wouldn't that be, like, really weird to approach marriage that way? Like, hey, let's get married. When do, when do we graduate? It's been great, honey, but, you know, it's been four years now. Um, we've grown past each other. It's time to go our own ways. Isn't that, wouldn't that be an odd way to approach a relationship like that? Or a friendship? Do, do, we, do we graduate, really, from our friends? Do we go into our friendships with the goal of graduating from them? See, if you come to church or approach Christianity primarily as a way of, of, of learning certain insights and accumulating a set of practices and skills in order to make your life better, however you define it, you're kind of missing the point of what's going on all along. Because while in Christianity there are certainly insights to be gained and skills to be honed and learned, it's something so much more fundamental than acquiring knowledge and skills. It's a relationship. It's a relationship with God. And it's a relationship with his family. And that isn't something you ever graduate from. Now, I want to share uh, a passage with you today. Uh, It's a letter written to a church way long ago in the first century. A church that had come to a place where they felt like they were ready to graduate. This is what it says. To the angel of the church in Sardis write, These are the words of him who holds the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. It says, I know your deeds. You have a reputation of being alive. But you're dead. Let me say that again. You have a reputation of being alive. I know your deeds. You have a reputation of being alive. But you're dead. And he goes on to say this. Wake up. Strengthen what remains and is about to die. For I have not found your deeds complete in the sight of my God. It's like he's saying you got a reputation for being someone who's been there, done that, who's done the program, who's gotten the certificate, who when they do the credit audit at the registrar's office, you're thinking it's really close, but God going, no, I'm looking at the audit, and you know what? You're not finished yet. There's more in store for you now. For those of you who are brand new to this thing, I don't have to convince you of this. You know there's so much more to discover and explore for you. But for those of you who find yourselves as spiritual children, still living in your father's house, 
eating cereal and sleeping till noon and not knowing what to do? Wake up. But the words that God's Spirit spoke so long ago resonate today. Wake up and strengthen what remains, what you have learned, but is about to die. Because even if you feel like you've graduated Christianity, God still isn't through with you. And so wherever you find yourself this year, I guess at some base level, that's my hope for you. For those who are new, just with joy to embrace the horizon of the possibilities of what awaits. But, but more specifically today, for those of you who are yearning to graduate or feeling like you already have, may God show you a different way in which he is still trying to work in you. So, Mark, I'm going to let you bring up the band and while they're making their way up, I want to invite you to rise. We're going to commune today. It's an expression of the relationship we do have with God and our call to have with each other. And, you know, as the Bible says, it's important that we really kind of examine ourselves to see how we're coming in to this relationship with him and one another. I want to challenge you on it this morning this way. Look at the ways that you have become bored with God, bored with his family, bored with his church, Look at the ways that you have adopted an attitude of been there, done that. And come to God in that place and invite him to show you the next step of what he has in store for you. And in that may you find wonder, joy, anticipation, excitement, thirst again.